this isn't the cold open, but I'm wearing my hat backwards. Dude, that's so cool. <laughs> I started doing it because I saw you doing it, and I thought, yeah, yeah. okay. I'll be, be backwards hat brothers today. <laughs> there. Look, now we're yeah. cool. Now we're like the well, cool agency guys. Oh, I got to, hold on. I got to turn my chair around and sit on it like this. Okay, it really- no, that's super cool. I've seen that in movies. <laughs> <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't work in this chair. Apparently, um, Herman Miller doesn't make their chairs so you can sit on them wrong. I guess that would make sense. But actually, my real cold open uh, is not helping with the bro name at all because it was tied in with all of this bro stuff. And I wanted to ask you because I've been thinking about it myself. So you have to ask back and say, good question, Cody. You know, you have to do that. But first right. we ask you and I say, Jake, when was the last time that you felt embarrassed about how weak you are? It's hmm. a good question, Cody. Thank you for asking. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's so it's every time I open a door that's too heavy that like, it shouldn't be as heavy as it is. But then like I go to open the door for like an old lady or, or even Lauren. And I'm just like, ha. Huh! And then like my finger slips off and I go, Oh, <laughs> and then like, I have to like use two hands and open it. Like those are the worst. Those are the days where I'm like, wow, I I should have just let Lauren open the door for me. So not when like not when you mix it up of the like the push or pull, but just when you're like, well, that's why. Yeah, this no, because one is... one is an attack on your strength, and the other is an attack on your intelligence. <laughs> oh, Lauren has a, a. I got her for Christmas. I got her a 15 pound weighted blanket, and every time I pick that thing up, I feel weak. Cause I'm just okay. like, oh geez, <laughs> like that. I was like, <laughs> like even last night, I was like, can you grab that with one hand and just like hold it above your head? And she's like, yeah, and she did it, and then I did it, and my arm popped, and I was like, yeah, <laughs> <my God." laughs> those are deceivingly heavy, though. You know, that's yeah, I can I get that. Okay, ask me, ask me, ask. Yeah, uh, ask okay, me. Uh, Cody, when was the last time that you felt uh, weak? Is that the question? Yeah, like embarrassed about how Embar- weak. Yeah, embarrassed yeah. about how weak you really are. Yeah. Thank you, Jake. Good question. I'm glad you asked. Uh, this morning. Yeah, this morning when I woke up after being exhausted. 20 minutes ago. Yeah, literally 20 minutes ago. Um, I so I can't remember how much. I want to overshare. Um, I, I can't remember how much I've shared about. You know, I said we bought a house and we're working on it. But so um, Jenny's been having some allergies stuff. And uh, we don't know. Um, we're guessing part of it is related to the basement and how gross it is and, and how thoroughly it needs cleaned out. And when I want to, I can have a problem about being overly particular about things. And even when I don't, because you already know, like uh, sometimes when you're like, all right, Cody, research this. I'm like, OK, how well do I research this? <laughs> do you want me to come back and be able to tell you every possible thing that can happen here? So um I was like, okay, look, I'm going to deep clean and I will vacuum every square inch of the basement, which is what I've been doing. But in order to do that too, we have a shop vac, right? Like, um, one of the bigger ones. And in order to get some parts of the, the ceiling where there's like, there'll be a pipe or a piece of wood that's flat. So I'm, I'm like so detailed that I'm doing the flat part of that too even if there's like four inches between there's just like dust sitting on top of it. I'm also doing that to get literally everything. And you should just switch the hose around and blow it all out and then switch it again and vacuum it. Uh, but then that makes so much more of a problem. It's if I'd started that way. Yeah. 
but now it's too late. I've gone too oh, far. Oh, yeah. Mm, you're in no, too deep. Yeah, that's a good idea. I feel dumb. There we go. I feel dumb about not thinking about that. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> um, but in order to do that, I need to lift the shop vac, which it's not that heavy, right? Oh, I'm just no, saying, I like, I climb the ladder, I lift it up, and then I do the vacuuming. Mm-hmm. But when you do that for, you know, two, three hours or so, I'm so beat. It's embarrassing how tired I am just from doing something like that. Like I, yeah, I was exhausted. And that's why I woke up 20 minutes before we started. Just um, so, just so exhausted. You needed to take, did you drink a protein shake after all that shoplift or shop back lifting? No, I don't have, uh, <laughs> this is so bro. This is great. Um, I, I haven't had protein in a long time. I still have the shaker bottles in case I, mm. in case I revert back to bro life. But, um, I thought about like not drinking protein anymore and just like eating like cans of chicken because there's more protein and less calories than like a, like a can of chicken. Really? Yeah. And it's cheaper too. It's like a buck. Whereas like your protein powder is like a buck 50 to $2 per scoop. Uh, I remember if, when, if I was, when I was deeper into the fitness stuff though, I, I wanted to know what was legitimate because there's so much out there about supplement stuff. And the, that was the one thing though, that was always guaranteed was, Look, a lot of the stuff is speculation, but protein, like whey or soy, it doesn't matter which one, um, mm-hmm. is proven. Yeah, it's like one point two grams per pound of body weight or something like that. Is what you should do. Like this morning, this morning I woke up early. I lifted for forty five minutes, did seven minute ab workout, and then ran for twenty minutes. And then I came home and had some protein. Well, you. But now, um, except I, I switched it up. I usually run first for thirty minutes. And then I do the workout, but I was like, I'm going to switch it around because I don't like trying to lift weights while I'm just drenched in sweat. And I also tired, right? Uh, no, no. Well, I was, so when I run first and I lift after I, I I don't get tired when I lift, but when I lift first and run after I'm way more tired. Oh, really? I'd be the opposite. No, because it's like when you're lifting, you're not using any cardio. And when you, when you lift must, when you lift first, you, your body is consuming more oxygen. And so when you go to actually do the cardio and you need like the oxygen, it's just not there. Mm, okay. I, I don't know the science. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe someone, but I just, this is how I feel, man. I can't do this, but <laughs> these are my um, feelings. Your feelings but, are valid. <laughs> <laughs> so I would, I want to brief. I was thinking about this. This, this, this lives rent free in my mind. But when, um, when we were in Japan, uh, you had, uh, you, you told me that you and Jenny had like walked miles when you first got there to the airport because you uh-huh. had to walk from like terminal one to terminal two to like catch a bus to something or whatever. And you had your bags and that those bikes that you bought, those foldable bikes. Yep. And you're like, this was the worst experience of my life. And then yeah, I sweat through my pants, my jeans. Yeah. Laura, Laura and I took a bus from the hotel to um, to the train station and then a bus from the train station to the airport. And we we drove past Terminal Two, and we're like, "Oh, there's the there's that terminal." And then um, we got to Terminal One like ten minutes later from a bus, and I was like, "They walked to this." <laughs> I was like, "What the hell? No way!" So and, we didn't walk terminal to terminal. I can't remember. Okay, so that's something. If anybody ever goes to Japan, they should probably know this. And I, I wouldn't say that normally, but there's the international terminal. And then there's the other terminal, ter- terminals, terminals, and those are different worlds. Like if you're not mentally prepared for that, you need to be because you'll go to the other one and you're like, "Whoa, 
is this <laughs> this is a different Japan, right? <laughs> this is not this is not the Japan that's prepared for me. <laughs> um, so our we the place we were staying the hotel was at one of the other terminals. So we went there, and but where the bus dropped us off and where the hotel was, we're like more more than halfway, and we had the bikes. So that's that was like the big issue was carrying them from where it dropped us off to where the hotel was. And yeah, by the time we got there, like I was not I was not a nice person. <laughs> I, I legit sweat through my jeans. Um, Laura, Laura and I, gross. we mastered J- Japan Transit. Like the whole time. I know. Kyoto. You guys got the, the dude. We trains we, down. We snuck onto. Well, after we missed our stop in uh, Harajuku by like twenty. Yeah, that's because you were relying house. on me, and I was like, <laughs> "Don't do that, dude." I, was, I don't know the trains. Oh, it was Akihabara. We we're going to Akihabara, but like, uh, no, we mastered it, and then we even got to the point where we snuck onto the um, like Japan first class. Oh, really? train. <laughs> yeah. So like one time we we got on a train and we're like, this is this is a really nice train. Like the seats like spun around. And like we all seated and everything. They're all like air conditioned and everything. And there's nobody in the cart. And I was like, this is cool. And then we got to our stop and we got off and we're like, sweet. And then oh, wait, uh, you got to ride. Like yeah, we we rode to our destination. Like nobody you or anything. Yeah, right. We were like ten minutes. We were That's on, so like, cool. Like, first class. Just <laughs> and then <laughs> and then. um it happened again, like uh, like our second blast, our last day, where we're like first class. We like we get on the train because we're it's it's the right line. It's just like the wrong cart, you know. We right, should have right, been like yeah. you know, like they've got down. the women's only carts and yeah. yeah. And and so uh, I or Lauren and I just like get on the train and we're like getting there. I'm like, oh, this is first class again. Interesting. Well, it worked last time. Let's sit down. But this one was different. Um, it was like. The first one that we were on, it was like scan. You had to like scan the ceiling with your Suica card to to be like, oh okay, or else like because like it was like red light and then it would turn green once it scanned, and like we couldn't get ours to scan. We're like, nah, screw it, and just sat there. And it happened again on this time, only there was like an attendant like walking up and mm-hmm. like up and down, and it was this this lady with like a basket with like goodies and like chips and things like that, and she comes up and she's like like signal to the scan thing, and I was like, oh like I you know, doing the weird, like, I don't speak your language kind of thing. Mm. And um, she goes, oh, okay. And then it's like, very, like, very kind. She's like, follow me. So, like, we followed her through, like, three carts. Like, like down a spiral staircase to, like, another <laughs> cart. Like, yeah, like, this is like a double-decker train that we're on. And then, like, to another cart. And then she opens this door. And, like, you, it looks like a New York subway that's, like, jam-packed full of sweaty, gross people like in sardines standing up and just like holding the railing and she goes and she just like looks at us and goes like this She's like, Bozo, <laughs> go join them yeah goes, here join the plebeians you poor ass <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it was just so funny <laughs> very japan like, that's oh, awesome we won't make that mistake again did no, you we got- have you seen um demon slayer it's what was the big movie that popped off it's like one of the best selling in japan now it's mugen yeah, train demon slayer yeah, I can't remember that. I know it's Demon Slayer, but I can't remember what the, oh. the subtitle was. But when you see that though, and after after you've been to Japan and you see like the the train conductor in there, you're like, yo, this is badass. That's cool <laughs> what they do. Like they do it so different. You're like, he he's gonna go down with the actual puncher, and this is 19 you know 20s right now, and he's gonna use a hole puncher on my ticket um, <laughs> because yeah, yeah. They, they still no nah, now nowadays you just boop. 
you scan the you scan your Suica card. I guess if you're oh. taking the Suica line, but we just, yeah, you, it's not like a ticket anymore. You just you scan the ceiling. You okay, wouldn't that know that sense. because you didn't ride first class like me. <laughs> yeah. I say, snuck onto it. Like a maybe rebel. it depends <laughs> on the trains that you're on too. And and I don't know. Maybe I was just doing things um, like someone who didn't know because I. Yeah, we, I we didn't. I mean, what, the worst that's going to happen: the trains mid go. Like they're going to stop the train for us. Like no, they're <laughs> they're going to get to our next stop, and we're going to get off and get on the right train. <laughs> yeah. They apologize um, when the train's like seven seconds seven seconds late. Anyway, so they're yeah, not going to stop for you. So this this cold open went way longer than I we intended, but um, I I yeah, wanted to transition to like you having to walk to from Terminal One to Terminal Two because you had a very inefficient means of transportation, uh-huh. and um, that's a lot like using spreadsheets for a CRM. Oh, good. I like and then this is there. where like if you watch Always Sunny in Philadelphia, it's where like the opening song comes in. Um, but. Uh, I, so I was talking to someone again, as all of our podcast episodes start, I was talking to someone and they were saying that they didn't really understand the whole CRM game. Like they didn't understand, like they don't think you really need a CRM and it was just another fancy tool to pay for that you you just ultimately don't need. And to an extent, I, I mean, agree, you don't technically need one, but you also need to know what a CRM is in order to say you don't need one because writing so let's back up. CRM. It stands for customer relationship management software. Well, I added the software part, but customer relationship relationship management it doesn't have to be a software. It could be a uh, post-it note on your desk. That is a CRM. It is a way to manage customer relationships. And so when when Cody and I say CRM, we're referring to any tool out there. It could be free. It could be paid. It could be a spreadsheet. It could be a notepad. As long as you're trying to track the conversations that you've had with your leads and your clients and even vendors and and team, um, that's considered a CRM. So he was saying that, you know, he uses a spreadsheet to keep track of his, the clients that he talks to and, um, you know, just that counts, right? Yeah, absolutely. I was like, well, I even told him, I was like, I got news for you. That's a, that's a CRM. Mm-hmm. and uh it's not pretty but yeah yeah and and he was trying to say like oh, well i don't understand like the uh you know the purpose of like hubspot or the purpose of high level which is a crm uh it's a crm with a marketing automation platform built in so it's hubspot but you just got to pay for it and i was making the case for hubspot and i was like well this is why i would rather use a software because you can use a spreadsheet but why not use something that's already kind of built out and the more you use a CRM, the more you realize there are two main things called objects and properties. I guess three, if you want to consider associations, one, two. And an object or a property is basically like a con- is like contact details. So a user. And so if you're using a spreadsheet, this might be like um, a, an email and a name. Like that is just, just one row. And then you have another property which would be like um a company name and now you can put a company you can put company name in like a column of that person of that user but it gets even more complicated when you start talking with multiple people from a company now you've got two contacts and you've got two companies now what if somebody moves companies and you got to update that and then with those companies i'm 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 overcomplicating it right now um on purpose um 
with those companies, you can have different deals. So are they a prospect or a lead? Or are is there an active deal in place? Or are they a client? Or are they a subscriber to your letter newsletter? Um, and then you got to track that flow of what they are. And then also, if, if they're in a deal and they go with somebody else, you lose that deal. But what if they come back to you two years later? Do you Are you reopening that old deal and ignoring whatever happened in the past? Are you adding a new line or a new column to say this is like the second deal that you're working with them? Um, same thing goes with like notes. If you're doing, if you're using a spreadsheet and now you've got to reference notes. Okay, well, a column for notes, easy. Okay, well, do you have a column for every time you've called that person? The last time you called them? What were the notes in the last time you called them? And like sometimes I'll even leave notes in, in HubSpot of like, has two kids, wife, you know, like as morbid as it sounds, wife died of cancer or something like that. And like, you know, it's Yeah. I mean, some of this is important because at the end of the day, you talked, if, especially if you're doing like outbound prospecting, um, even if you're doing lead bound or inbound and you've got a lot of leads coming in, it's really good for you to know every single thing there is about all of your, your potential customers. And it's easy to lose track of all of that because, it's easy to just kind of see things as numbers. You look in your Stripe account and you just see their money coming in. But then you also realize that there's actually people behind that paying you. And um, I really wanted to have this episode too to kind of un unsheath the cloak of, of what I do in the CRM and our CRM and why it's important to us. And it's even been a point of contention for myself and Cody as we paid, as we shifted from HubSpot's free CRM to the actual paid version. And it like, ate up a huge chunk of our uh, operating expenses to the point where it was like past our 10% threshold. We were like spending 12, 13%. And uh-huh. Cody was just like, this is your rule. Like you have the 10% rule. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like you're so, breaking your own rules. You told me this is what I was supposed to do. But, I, but to, in, yeah. in my defense, it was mostly for our future. And it wasn't for like, like I didn't need it to do the things that it was doing then. Um, I I knew I needed it because we were starting to get a lot of leads and I was starting to do a lot more sales. Um, and we were doing a lot more with project management software and our documentation and our processes. And I was like, well, it's kind of multifaceted. One is I don't want to keep having to update our processes. And then two, I, because of all the people that we're talking to now, all the leads that are coming in now, I'm going to be thankful for looking at this, uh, looking at the notes and the products that I quoted previously so um before i just keep blabbering on could you have questions do you have anything you wanted to say before i just um, go forever well i did want to say that uh oh i literally it was right there and now it's gone oh, no. it completely left me um okay well that I, I had a second thing and that was just that um for this i'm gonna act like i'm five and ask questions as if i'm stupid because it's not hard to act that way about crms because this is the part of the business that I largely just rely on Jake and trust Jake in my brain. If people ask me questions, I'm like, mm, yeah, no, that's Jake. Jake's got it. Um, it's the same way of when we get an inquiry uh, in the strange cases where I'm somehow the one that people are asking. And I say, you should talk to Jake. Don't talk to me. I'm not the guy you want to talk to here in this instance. Um, that's just not the way that we do things. So, um, yeah, I'm going to act dumb. Because I am here with this, and uh, that's pretty much it. 
so there's a there's oh, like wait, a wait. Little, it came back it, it came oh, back sweet mm-hmm. so about the allocations um of of your profit and what you're putting to different you know different things to pay for different stuff on the categories i think the most important thing about doing that isn't so much the percentages themselves although that is important too set that in reasonable places and that it helps you run your business smoothly but when you're going to go over a particular allocation and what i mean by this these are words that might be confusing people just to recap so say you have operating expenses and you want to keep operating expenses under um 20 of your gross profit right um that's that's your allocation that's what i'm talking about and let's say that you're looking at something that's going to push you up to 25 it's not that it doesn't necessarily mean no don't do that you can't do that it could mean that but it could also mean hey you need to have a conscious thought and discussion about this at this point now and think okay we're breaking the rules that's okay it's okay to break the rules sometimes but now it's at least caught you know to our attention and we have to talk through it as opposed to just oh yeah no it's fine the, the money is technically there and then we'll do it and if it falls through because when when you don't call attention to it that's how things get out of hand and out of control and then you no longer have a profit because you haven't been paying attention to where your money's going so i yeah there's a um... I'm going to get technical here, technical with how our business is run, because we used HubSpot for free, the free HubSpot version for like three years. And that was totally fine. And there were two primary features that I wanted to pay for that I wanted in the CRM. One was I sucked at following up with leads when it came time for like January, February, and we were just getting like just onslaughted with, with tons and tons of leads. Um, I wouldn't follow up and it would just be like whoever, whoever like says yes on the phone is going to get the deal. And uh, um, I ultimately wanted to follow up to, to book people out because we were, if we're only taking on four to six people at a time, I want to make sure that we have people booked out. And back in April, we had, we were booked out until like September. Um, and <clears throat> then we st- just stopped from there taking on clients. So I wanted a, a way that to, to basically automate the pipeline to send me notifications. Like, hey, follow up with this person. Um, you know, if this if this contract gets signed, send an email to Cody that says invoice this person. Um, those are some of the automations that I wanted. But also at the time, our invoicing or our uh, contract software, we use a software called oh, what did we use? Now I can't remember it. Uh, Concord. Concord. Concordnow.com. and it was a free contract software. I used it before Cody even joined. And uh, it was great. I mean, it had templates uh, yeah, that, no that was all that really mattered. Yeah. I mean, I could stylize the text, highlight things, you know, change things. And um, it was actually, it, they decided to change the pricing model as they should, uh, as they should have. They, they started to charge people for it. I, I can't remember what the pricing was. It was like 10 bucks a month, 20 bucks a month. And I was like, well, if they're going to start charging, like, then this is the perfect opportunity for us to actually look at something that's, you know, not just, there because it's free and hubspot had just released a beta feature called quotes and in hubspot that allowed you to create the same quotes that we were creating within concord except now i could create quotes with dynamic properties in them so instead of saying like you know this company and like deleting that everywhere in concord and then replacing it with a new company i could just have a dynamic field in there 
to where if I assign that quote to a specific deal that's associated to a specific contact and a specific company, it would just pull all that information into the quote right away. I don't have to really make any updates to it. Additionally, the quotes had line items in there. So um, I think the quote feature was free. I think I think the quote feature in HubSpot is free. I'm not 100% sure. But what made the quote feature really unique is that if you have a... Um, if you have products associated to a deal, so like in, in HubSpot, if you have, you have a contact, you have a company, and they are usually associated, you can make that association. And then in like the right-hand column, you can say like, do, does, does this association have a deal? Or does this company have a deal? And is that associated with you know, which person at that company? And so you can make the deal, you can explain what the deal is, and then you can also add products to that deal. And say like, so in your product library, you can say like for us, it'd be like, okay, this is a website build. It's this price. This is the monthly marketing. It's going to be this price per month. And then you you add all those products in. And then when you generate that quote, you just pull it in for whatever deal that is is in the is in the pipeline. And then it'll pull in the contact and the company into the contract right away. And then it'll also pull in all the products that you've assigned to that deal as well in the like built into the quote. And then like I, I modify a couple things in there, like just some details in the terms. Um, and I, it generates a, a link that I can just send to the client and just say, Hey, here's the quote and they can e-sign it. So they they'll open it. They'll just like click sign. And then um, they verify that with their email and then I do the same and then it's signed. And then what I do with that, and then I just change the deal stage to contract signed. And then as soon as it goes to contract signed, Cody gets an email that says this client needs to get invoiced. And eventually that's going to change. And we're going to set up another automation to where it generates a ClickUp task for Cody to invoice or whoever is invoicing to invoice. And then also a ClickUp task for me to generate the actual client folder and, and project setup. Um, th- that was, those are the primary things that I wanted. And the main reason uh, I, I wanted to pay for this is be- and, and continue this for a while is one, at the time, our monthly reoccurring revenue, our MRR, was um, big enough to sustain this, uh, this CRM upgrade. It's like 450 bucks a month is what it is, right? Is that, I'm we, saying that right? Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. We, uh, I think we it was, but negotiated it was negotiated hard for a discount, so we might yeah, still have a remaining was, discount. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think it's like in perpetuity, man. Like I think like we just get it forever. So I don't know. I'm breaking any kind of NDA by saying that, but I think it was like, <laughs> I think it was like 650 or something like that per month or something like that. But we got a discount, and it just it's been going on for God knows how long. Well, I remember and, listening to the calls and stuff and, you know, they came back with a price and I was just like, there's no world in which <laughs> we do this right now. <laughs> yeah. It cannot. Yeah. So, so they gave us this discount that made it so we could afford it within our current allocations. The problem is, is summer hits and when summer and winter hits the, uh, I skipped fall there, um, fall hit <laughs> and when fall and winter hit our MRR drops because in the landscaping industry, people naturally just kind of fall off for the winter. Um, and this made it so it didn't fit in our monthly allocations. And it uh, kind of made us question, like, do we need to have uh, uh, 10% in, in our allocation to operating expenses and drop the CRM? Or do we break the rule and keep the CRM? 
So I reached out to our rep and I was like, Hey, do we lose like the products and everything that I've created and built? And like, there's also custom properties too within uh, that you can add. And like some of the custom properties might've been like, I can't even think of them right now, but like the, maybe the type of lead it is or something like that. I, I can't remember what I did, uh, but yeah, I remember I added, having them, but I don't remember what they are. Yeah. I, I added custom properties to, um, to, to contacts and companies. And I was like, do we lose the custom properties and contacts if we pause the CRM? And they were like, he's like, after like three months of pausing, yeah, you lose it. And so I was like, well, I don't want to do that. So um, we kept it. And ultimately it ended up working out. But the one thing to consider is like, we, it wasn't, it, it never actually reached 10% of our monthly operating expenses. It reached 10% of our MRO, which is, different than our actual operating expenses so this mm-hmm. is emro is a yeah. term that, that Co- cody has coined um what yeah. does it mean monthly recurring operating expenses uh effective monthly recurring oh wait, wait, wait. hold on emro let me pull this up i'm gonna look at it right now because there's <laughs> been since this change there's been a few things that yeah so we've switched over monthly recurring revenue to be more specific to monthly recurring gross profit because revenue doesn't matter. Gross profit is. Oh the, yeah. MR, MRGP. Yeah. Um, yes. And then, uh, sorry. I, most, I well, most gurus talk about MRR. They talk about like, you know, $10,000 MRR, $100,000 MRR. And like, you can't build a business off of MRR. Okay. I see what you mean now. Cause yeah. I, I thought when you said M, I thought it was just the letter, oh. but no, it's, <laughs> that's, I see what I did here. Why do I do things like this? I mean, it I makes know. sense, but it's it's definitely not helpful if you don't know without explanation. It's <laughs> it's a five-letter acronym, E-M-R-O-E. Yeah, Effective Monthly Recurring Operating Expenses. So based on, because some software is not every software or you know tool that you're paying for um, is renewed monthly, right? Some of them are quarterly, some of them are annually. Um, and everybody wants annual because they'll give you a discount, but it's more reliable money, you know, um yeah yeah that's where the effective comes in if it wasn't effective and everything was just monthly it'd just be like the letter m and row um monthly reoccurring operating expenses but this is effective effective takes whatever your your bill cycle is and then hubspot's quarterly we got a nice hefty bill of like (laughs) 1350 every quarter uh 450 times what three 1350 yeah so um but we have in our MRO, we have that as four fifty a month. So uh, I wouldn't be surprised yeah. if they took that away too. From in, in general, like he's, I hate negotiating, but we did this a long time ago at this point too. So if if I don't know if they were two like, years ago, if they're like upset about it, like okay, <laughs> no, no, no. I just mean if they got new people now at this point because things change internally. So if they had new people that they were selling to, and they just took any sort of that sort of stuff off the table because. And they're a lot bigger now and they've got a lot more clout. I just wouldn't be surprised if they dropped the axe I mean, and said, we don't do this anymore. I mean, they were massive when we joined. <laughs> are are yeah. they like a public company? Yeah, they're publicly traded. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but all this all this was to say because we, we never, like our investment, our CRM never actually affected our, we never went above 10% of what we allocated towards operating expenses. So like our operating expenses is 10% of every dollar that we, every gross profit dollar that we receive. So everything after like ad spend or cost of goods sold, 10%. So that includes website onboarding. And website onboarding is not monthly reoccurring gross profit. It is a one-time. And so 
you start to build like this shelf of extra money in your operating expense account that's really unaccounted for. And it's it's really good for things like one-off purchases, like a computer for a new employee or um, you know, I or maybe like a new camera for the podcast or something like that. Um, or uh, lawyer fees, uh, yep. like we've That's had to pay recently. Um, not because we're sued. We're seeking, <laughs> we're seeking trademarks. That's all. Um, oh, establishing our businesses too. Um, yep. Uh, we we have another business that we're establishing with an LLC, but. That's the point. Uh, that's what that's for. So there was always some buffer for that for the CRM cost. It just exceeded our MRO, which is a problem. Um, it's a problem that just needed to be addressed. It didn't necessarily need to, you know, say like, no, we shouldn't do this. But um, yeah, we had that conversation. So uh, all that being said, that was a long detract. So if if there's anything that I'm saying, Cody, I encourage you to use that little hand raise button next to your name <laughs> so I can <laughs> the I hand can raise. Um, yeah. I think that I think it might be good sometime to go over the 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 breakdown internally of how we I mean, we won't have to give exact percentages, but give people a heads up of um, what some of the stuff actually means, because I don't know the things I hear from gurus sometimes I'm like, well, what, is, what are you talking about? What is going well, on here? Well, we can talk about it in our next episode, but we can also extrapolate on it, too, because we've got our. Um, once we get our uh, uh, our PNLs back from Jeff, our accountant, for this month, we can do our annual review mm-hmm. like we did back in Columbia. Yeah, that'll be cool. So we can see you guys can see how how much we've we've grown. We're only so. talking percentages now though, because we don't want people you know coming after our families. So mm. yeah, <laughs> I guess people could follow along if they listen to that episode and be like, "We did this percent," and then it's like, "Okay, well they're here now." Honestly, I mean. Cool. If you're that if you're that committed <laughs> and you're that thorough, I would do that. I, I mean, if it was, but most people don't do that sort of thing. So, um, all right, I'm gonna jump back into the CRM thing. Yeah, CRM. I didn't have I didn't have like a, a ton to say about it, but I I did have feelings that I wanted to say about it because I was explaining to this this to this guy uh, about why having a CRM of sorts is important. And there's all different ones out there. There's HubSpot. I think Asana. Oh, that's a project management tool. Uh, Let me ask you a question then. Yeah. When we get leads Mm. and we've had them before or we've not had them before, Mm. how does that stuff work in the CRM and how is that beneficial? Because if if somebody has no, they're just going off of memory or they're going off of, I mean, even in a spreadsheet, let's say that you're making notes or something, talk to them. Then, you know, we talked, we discussed, this was the stuff we talked on this day and then they contact Know, three years later, five years later. I know it's hard for some people to believe, but you said it happens, right? Yeah. I, I, I mean, I have an example right now. So I'd tell you the example, then I'll also tell you what I would do if I was just doing things manually versus like an automated way like we do now. But it, the example is is there's a there's a company in on the East Coast, a lawn care company that reached out to us in 2019. So this is like four, four years ago. Um, we were babies. Spoke. Yeah, like basically the inception of the business, like the end of the first year that we were in business, they reached out to me, um, took them to the sales process. Again, like they reached out to me. Everything is inbound at, uh, at Evergrow. So we've got a pretty healthy close rate. But they ended up not going with us. They went with like a local marketing company and whatever. Like all that. Wait, I used HubSpot. I used the free version of HubSpot. I used the free version of HubSpot before Cody was even um, with me. And uh, I had their information saved in there. Um, 
And the cool thing about the about HubSpot too, and you're on the. I'm, I'm going to keep saying the free version whenever there's a feature in there that's free. But you can sync your Gmail uh, with HubSpot, and I'm sure you can do Outlook and whatever too. But I, we use G Suite, so or Google Workspaces, so uh, I sync that. And every time I send an email, I make sure that the the extension, the the Google extension for HubSpot is is on. And it actually changed my it changes my send button from blue to orange, and that's how I know. But when I send that email to that client, it actually goes into that client uh, property. So Cody can log in HubSpot and he can look at this specific client and he can actually see all of my emails to them. He can also see all of the incoming emails as well that are coming to me uh, just because I have it set up that way. And um, this just makes it so I don't have to log as many notes. But basically, I, I was, uh, uh, it was, I think it was like last Saturday or two Saturdays ago, uh, just doing work. And then I had to go take a massive poop and <laughs> I sit on the toilet. <laughs> this is so TMI. People were like, I don't care. And then my phone rings. But another cool thing about Google is that, or HubSpot is that, I don't know how I did this. I, I did it years ago, but I synced it to my contacts. And I think I did it with the HubSpot app on my phone. And so now if a contact calls me that's in my HubSpot profile, they're, information pulls up on my phone. So I was like, this person is calling me again. And uh, it, we're in 2024 now. Uh, I, I can't remember if this was like the beginning of the year or like the end of 2023. So this is four years later. And I answer and I was like, hey, how's it going? And I could called by his first name and everything. And he's like, yeah, we talked a long time ago. And I was like, no, I remember you. Yeah, back in like, and I was, as I was saying this, I was in the HubSpot app. <laughs> and I was, like, it I, was all like, up. I was like back in the yeah it's like 2019 is when we last talked <laughs> and uh, i think that impressed him um because he was like yeah ultimately i went with a local marketing company and you know it's just it's just not working out and you know i've i've gone for so long of just kind of like letting things go the way they go i was like i've been growing but it hasn't really been because of the marketing it's just things that i'm doing and i'm like that makes sense like i hear that a lot and then I, but i was able to tell him like hey things have changed a little bit here um not really we still have the same package so i last last time i quoted you i quoted you a package called the green startup it's now called the foundation delivers the same thing uh but our website build has increased quite a lot it went from a thousand dollars to three thousand dollars and our um our uh, uh monthly package is now 750 instead of 600 and but then i was like but that's just ads the management fee is the same so uh he's like great send send me over a quote and you know i'll take it from there so then on the quote it's been like a week uh he followed up uh asked for uh, this is this is besides the fact he followed up he asked for examples of websites we built and also uh something else too it was uh i can't remember i sent it to you and i was like did you read my email <laughs> it's like me talking to the lawyer sometimes where they're like did you read any of the legal stuff I'm like oh, come on you want you expect me to actually understand some of the things that are happening here what was it oh he asked me um if to see his examples of websites we've done and he had also asked me to uh if all of his pages were going to get carried over and i was like well if you read the agreement you would know that some of them most of them will but some of them won't mm -hmm. um for seo purposes that's a different topic but uh anyways one great reason to have a CRM that just dates back to that and it isn't a spreadsheet you gotta go find. I just go to my HubSpot account, log in, and then boom. Um, but that's handy. That's cool. 
is very handy. So to the point of, of what I would do if I got a lead from whatever, and then I use like a manual method of entering it, whether it's a spreadsheet or you're manually entering into the, your, your CRM of your choice versus what we do now, which is basically all automated. Uh, if I was doing it manually, which was, which is what I did um, previously, I would get a phone call, a Facebook message or a uh, email and, or just like a, a form submission on the website. And they, that all comes in my email forms and emails do, and then phone calls are right there. So usually when I get a phone call, the first thing I do is I open up my CRM. So if it's a spreadsheet, you open up your spreadsheet, if it's HubSpot, you open up HubSpot. If your CRM is, you know, if you're 80 years old and your CRM is a pad and pen, or if you're Cody, then you open up your notebook. Um, so <laughs> you, uh, you open that up, you jot their name down, uh, their, uh, their company they're with, and then any notes. So the first thing I prioritize is notes. And I might even do that before I even get their name. I just start writing their notes. And then I, at the end of the comment, I'd be like, hey, what, what's your first and last name again? Like if they didn't say that, and just so I can have that in there. And then always make sure to get the, the phone number and email as well. Those are like the four main things. Um, well, I guess company name too, if you're doing B2B lead generation, which is probably what 99% of people listening to this podcast are doing. Um, but uh, that is... Those are basically the notes that you have to write down. And then if they call you again, log that call and write the notes from there. So uh, as soon as I would get a lead, I would open that, I'd open HubSpot up, I would write everything, I would create the contact profile and it might just start, the contact profile might just be a first name just to start it off with, just to open it up so I can write notes. But before the end of the call, I would make sure that that contact profile is filled out. It would have first, last name, email, phone number, company name, and that's it. Um, and then I would just, and then after the phone call ended, then I would fill out the remaining details. I might save my note. I might do a click up, you know, make a follow-up task, create a deal. I might, um, you know, I don't know, fill out any other details that I learned. You were meticulous um, with all of this though. I think, I think that's important for people to know when I came on board and I was just looking through a lot of this stuff, the amount of detail that you had on everything, I mean, clients, pitches, um, competitor analysis, research, that sort of stuff. Mm. Um, I'm grateful, right? I mean, I, it's, um, you realize the, I appreciated the opposite, right? Because I, I joke about this all the time where, um, you know, something happens and I know nothing about it and I want to know nothing about it because I'm like, <laughs> well, that's not my business, right? You go stick your nose somewhere. That's how you get shot. Um, <laughs> that's not completely related to here, but sort of, right. I mean, there's some things that there are times when going deep and really being thorough really pays off. Um, and for me, it's, I've never done that with clients, like client communication and, and that sort of stuff, but Jake really does. Um, and I do reference it and it's really valuable. It's like you said, I mean, uh, the morbid, um, wife died of cancer example, I'm the idiot. If I didn't know this sort of context, who would just call and be like, Hey, how's the wife and kids? And they'd be like, well, my wife's dead. So thanks. You know? <laughs> this reminds me right. of the office episode where like Michael leaves, um, Michael Scott leaves Dunder Mifflin and he starts his own Michael Scott paper company. Yeah. But then Dwight steals, like breaks into his office and he steals his Rolodex, basically his CRM. It's just note cards. It's like a, thing. <laughs> 
and like that was like that was like the CRM they did before they had CRMs, the sales guys. And it was like, how is your uh he like calls this guy, he's like, Jim, how is your um wife who is black? <laughs> and he like just <laughs> reads the note card off. Just reads it directly. And he goes, and your son, is he still in school? And then like like it like totally like turned off, turned the guy off. And then it cuts to Michael and he's like, I color code uh my note cards. So like um you know, in this example where I color coded it like red, it means shut up, don't talk about that. And then uh he goes, and then when it's highlighted in green, that is go ahead and stop talking about it. <laughs> it's just so funny because it's like this is exactly what it's like reading notes from like really bad sales reps who leave notes in CRMs. And like we talk to Wayne all the time where he's like where we follow up with leads with him and he like goes into the CRM and he's like, well let's see if Mike talked to him and he goes, there's never any freaking notes in here. It <laughs> <laughs> says so he says to talk to him on Tuesday but didn't say about what or when. And uh but uh but yeah I I'm when I get busy, I'm I'm less meticulous on my notes. But what I really wanted to do lately is is I've noticed that our team has kind of disassociated the the client, like the person behind the the company name. And so we've been seeing sites going up, or I've been seeing sites going up that like just the, like the personal touch is just gone. It's just like a shell of a site that like had AI content pumped out, and I I don't like that and. It, you know, it's not specific to that specific customer. So uh, I want to do this thing now where I go when I when we when we sign a new client, I go back into HubSpot, I read the notes and then I like give the team a story like, hey, this this new client is joining us. This is where they're coming from. They've worked with like XYZ marketing agencies. They haven't had a really good experience. This is the problem that, that, that they've had. Uh, and like these are some of their hobbies. And like, these are like things that I talk about on the phone, like, uh, all the time, like, um, anointed. Like, I know that he, uh, our client, I refer to him as anointed cause that's in his business name. But, um, he, uh, like, I know that he lives on a large property and he has dogs and, um, he doesn't really care for electric cars, but he under- understands them, you know, like <laughs> yeah. he understands the economics behind him and, uh, just things that we talk about but yeah like like cody was saying i used to be extremely meticulous and i still am to an extent because i know it's going to be helpful later on but um it is i mean it's helpful for people on the team to be able to reference i think this is always this is a constant battle i think when i think of two big battles internally within within agencies one is always reporting (laughs) always always and forever and but then the second one is uh is client communication relationships between the if you have an account manager who acts as a buffer and a shield or if you have a strategist and i think i don't know i don't know what the best world is the best solution is um because i'll just elaborate on the battle you have an account manager who doesn't know strategy usually right we're talking about bigger agencies this is how it'll go you'll have an account manager who is the buffer between the the client and the strategist who actually does the implementation and the work and they're pleasant to talk to right they have Mm -hmm. the social skills they're not too weird um they're suave like jake um i'm not that uh and i and i honestly like i can be when i have to be but it really like 
it's like playing a, a game on your phone, man. Like my battery goes from like a hundred to zero real quick. So those people are good for, for many reasons. Um, and they play a critical role. Uh, but yeah, what happens is you get a disassociation between the strategist and the account. It's just another, you know, it's text on the screen. There's no connection. Um, and we see it all the time when we have <clears throat> the minions on calls with clients not only do they like it, but yeah, they get more invested and, and more um, involved. So, but if you remove the, like an account manager and you have them communicating directly with the strategist, um, you might have better performance, but at the expense of weird communication. And that sounds dumb to say. It sounds to be like, okay, so they'll just be socially awkward. That can hurt relationships and that can be bad for, um, yeah, for the client relationship with the, the company as a whole in general. So I don't know. I mean, we, we've we said that we always want, no matter what, even if you have <clears throat> account managers who that's their, their job and their skill, they still have to do strategy for a while. You have to be in a certain level of knowledgeable. You can't just come in with zero and then be the client communication person and not know how to do anything when it comes to actual strategy and implementation you have to do it's like you come into a company and you have to start at the bottom rung you have to do some level of strategy for a while to be an account manager yeah we, we won't we won't have i i don't want a single client facing person that hasn't taken their google analytics and google ad certifications um and uh yeah that's, that's all it comes down to so it's like again we, we make like we say all the time like we don't hire marketers we make them so Let's hire for the qualities. And this is another question that I was asked to by the same guy, which was like, how do you, how do you hire somebody if you don't hire for the skill? And because we, we can, there are certain skills that we can make in people, but there are other things that you can't like not being awkward or weird. Like you can't, you can't like <laughs> train that. So, uh, so part of it is like, um, I need to know that the some person like an account manager is going to man the CRM and like they're going to be meticulous about their notes, about the client relationship perspective, but then also go through the analytics and ads and marketing training as well. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I have um, more about CRMs because every CRM does a tons of different things. Like, like, oh, I didn't even talk about our automated version. So, like, the way that we get leads now, the way that the things get populated in our CRM is if you go to our website, evergrowmarketing.com, and you go to the contact page, we have a form on there. Don't fill it out. I'll be angry. Um, yeah, throw off our numbers. Yeah. Uh, but in there, that's actually a HubSpot form. So, it's a HubSpot plugin in WordPress, and we use the plugin, and then um, we connect it with our HubSpot account. So, when somebody fills out that form, uh, there's like first name, last name, uh, email, phone, company name, website domain, um, their, their area that they service. That's important for us because we have uh, some exclusivity with where people, where, where we work with people. So um, I need to know that before going into the call. Um, so I know like whether I'm going to be turning them down or if like there's availability in that area. Um and then, uh, like some notes, like, or oh, how did you hear about us? And then also, like, uh, you know, just leave a comment or whatever. And all of those fields map to a property in HubSpot. And so, like, the first name, last name, email, and phone number 
that all maps to the the customer, the user property. And then like company and domain, those two fields match to the company property. Um, did I say that twice? I can't remember. I lost track. The first, the first ones that map to the contact, the second two, the last two map to the company. Um, <clears throat> and then everything else just maps to the, uh, the contact property. So uh, all of that information they submit automatically goes in to them. And then also they get associated. So the company that they entered with their domain and then their actual like personal contact details get joined together in HubSpot and it creates an association. So when I, con- when I comment or make a note in one, so if I make a, make a comment or a note in the contact property, it'll automatically pull that into the company property as well. So I don't have to like duplicate efforts. It's just already there. Um, and then uh, it'll like associate who I was making that note for. Um, for emails, it is the same way. Like if I get an inbound email and I have the sync set up with Gmail, then it'll just, it'll create a contact profile. It won't create a company profile, but it will create a contact profile. So those are two ways that we automate the lead flow coming in. And also when somebody fills out a lead form on the website, they get turned into a, a lead property or an active lead in HubSpot. And then as they go to the deal stages, that lead, uh, that lead signal changes to like current customer or like, or like inactive lead or something like that. So um, I, I believe that HubSpot form is actually free. That it, the, the embed and everything is free within uh, the HubSpot CRM free sure, version. Yeah. yeah, you just can't remove the branding or change the colors. So yeah, uh, if you go to our web, we don't pay for the HubSpot marketing p- platform. So like we don't even have the the branding removed, which we don't really care about. So yeah, uh, I think that's all I had for CRMs, man. <laughs> it's more it's more of a rant, I think, than anything. No, it's fine. I I learned stuff, right? Um, because this is a, a section of the business where, yeah, I just, I'm like, look, that's a Jake thing. This is Jake's the pro. I bank on him. I trust him and he's the guy. So it's good when you, you know, talk about it. I would talk about our automations more about from like, from like lead to, to project and like what in there is automated and what's not. <laughs> but I think we have a little bit more defining on our end to do before we brag about it. Sure. Yeah, that makes sense. So, all right, everybody. Well, uh, thanks for listening. I hope you find value out of this and uh, we'll see you next time. See you.